Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Carrie Lutz's Financial Survival Network, where you get valuable information you just can't find anywhere else. To thrive in today's trying times, you need the Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. Go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com and get your free newsletter and gift. Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. Welcome. You are listening to and watching the Financial Survival Network. I'm Kerry Lutz. And today is February 15th, 2021. For silver owners, perhaps this will be Valentine's Day. And just to send us an email, let us know where to send your, your box of silver wrapped chocolates, and it'll be in the mail right away to you. And in any event, is there a silver squeeze? What of SLV? And what about Robin Hood? Are they really robbing the hood in reality rather than robbing from the rich and giving to the poor? Uh, you can be the judge of that. We'd like to know your opinion, though. So send us an email. And right now, our good friend John Rabino is with us now, dollarcollapse.com. You know him well. So, John, we have so much to talk about. But the headline here is SLV. We don't need no stinking silver, right? Because we are SLV. We are so cool. We can just trade paper on paper and paper. And it, it appears that if we're to believe Zero Hedge and others, pretty much SLV owns all of the world's silver, both in the ground and above the ground, and probably the silver in all of our teeth. 
those of you who still have silver fillings, probably not many of you left out there. I've got one left, an amalgam filling. It's dangerous because it has mercury. Anyways, not to get sidetracked, but where's the silver? You know, that old uh, Wendy's commercial, where's the beef? But where is the silver, John? Hey, Carrie. Well, you know, maybe the um, that excitement we had for a couple of days when it looked like the Reddit traders were going to try to uh, engineer a silver short squeeze. It looks like those days might not be over after all, because, um, you know, we thought that um, Reddit, the Reddit traders got smacked back down by the regulators and the exchanges and everything, and they had to back off from their really aggressive um, attempts to generate short squeezes in stocks and silver and everything. You know, and it looked like that was over. Um, but it turns out that the excitement generated by the prospect of that short squeeze forced SLV, which is the the big silver ETF that at least in theory goes out and buys silver and keeps it in a vault. And then its shares are worth, however, you know, whatever amount of silver that they designate, uh, it, that that um, ETF had to come out and announce that maybe they weren't going to be able to find enough silver in the future, that there was the risk that there would be, you know, inadequate supplies, which means they're kind of predicting that the next time there's a big surge in demand, like the one that happened in the, over the last month, that um, they just might not be able to do what they're supposed to do, which is go get physical silver and put it in a vault. Um, and you got to wonder if that's not going to cause uh, people to want to front run this by panic buying silver um, in anticipation of shortages in the future. So this uh, the whole Reddit thing is not over. You know, they they wounded the silver ETFs and um, the at least SLV is having to admit that they've got a problem now. So the silver story goes on. You know, it could well be that a lot of people are going to react to this by buying and that that's going to bring about this inevitable shortage. And then we see these disruptions like, you know, the COMEX can't deliver physical silver and the ETFs can't get enough silver and the dealers who would normally be the ones who sell you one ounce coins can't get enough inventory as they haven't been able to for the last month. And, and so the, um, the whole market goes into um, a, a dramatic shortage. Normally that's accompanied by big spikes in prices. So we'll see, you know, right now the, uh, the real physical price, like if you want to buy a silver Eagle is around 40 bucks, right? So, so it's way higher than the paper price already. So let, let the, Physical markets start dictating prices rather than just dictating prices in tiny little segments of the market. And then you've got a whole different thing for silver because fundamentally it ought to be 50 to 100 bucks an ounce right now. So just to get to fair value, it's got to double from here. And uh, if there's a shortage, you go, you tend to go way above fair value in a shortage because people panic. So, um, you know, it might be. Um, the whole Costco toilet paper thing, but in the silver market. Um, if so, it's about damn time. You know, the silver stackers have waited long enough. So this year could be the year. Yeah. According to Martin Armstrong, I had him on the show last week. It's all about confidence and government unwinding. Nobody trusts these guys. You know, we see Killer Cuomo, hashtag Killer Cuomo uh, just came out. Oh, yeah. Like a lot more people died in nursing homes. A lot more people uh, perish there due to my policies, no apology forthcoming. My point is not to get on him, but undermining faith in government. We got the uh, the governor of California, the nation's most populous state, is now in for a recall election. Uh, they call him Gruesome Newsome. And 
this is just further signs. Nobody believes, uh, very few people actually believe that Biden won the election fairly and squarely. Confidence is unraveling, and that's obviously a reason. Now, the beauty of SLV, and we've got to explain that to you out there, how it works. It's an ETF, Exchange Traded Fund. So the way they work is that the fund for every new purchase of a share, new purchase that isn't sold by an existing shareholder, for every new share, a new share is created. And they've had like 60, 100 million shares created. And I can't limit the number of shares because then it won't be an ETF. It would be a closed end fund. And closed end funds can either trade at a premium or a discount or in par with their underlying metallic value. So when you look at physical SLV, PSLV, that's the Sprott Trust, that is physical silver and it's a closed end fund. There's X number of million of ounces of silver in the vaults. It's not getting any more, it's not getting any less. And if we're to believe the auditors and the security, it's really there. With, with SLV, uh, JP Morgan is the uh, trustee and John, correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't they the ones that were like have been convicted multiple times of rigging the precious metals markets? Is that that same J.P. Morgan? <laughs> that is indeed the same criminal organization uh, that uh, that basically manipulates markets, uh, makes billions and billions of dollars doing it, and then pays a few hundred million in protection money to the government every time they get caught. And the list of crimes they've committed is, um, you know, it would take a whole legal pad just to list the crimes that these guys have committed in the last couple of decades. And yeah, they're in charge of the silver market. Yeah. <laughs> what, what could go wrong? Um, so so I, I don't pay a lot of attention to SLV because of that, because um, in the fine print of um, of their prospectus are loopholes that allow them to get out of actually owning the, the silver that they promise you they're going to own. So there's really no way to know exactly what they're going to do in a crisis. And given the fact that J.P. Morgan Chase um, has so much influence over them, um, you you can bet that it'll be something borderline to blatantly illegal when the time comes. Um, but I'm sorry, you, you know, I you laugh here. That's it's yeah. true, but it's so funny because you know it's true, and everyone knows it out there. Everyone knows it's true. Yeah, I mean, it, it, none of this is. Um, it is secret. It's public information. Every time they pay a fine to the SEC for manipulating a market, it's in the papers for you know a day or two, and then uh, and then they report record earnings and record bonuses for their traders, and everybody forgets that they did it by committing crimes, basically. So anyhow, that, that's the silver market. Now I, I pay more attention to PSLV because it seems to be a much more legit. Um, way to own physical silver without actually, you know, getting it at your house and trying to figure out where to to hide it. Um, and what they do is they, um, you know, they're able to issue new shares when their price goes to a premium over their net asset value. Then they can issue shares at a really attractive price because they're um, they're basically getting more than an ounce of silver per ounce of silver in the shares that they're um, they're issuing. Then they go buy physical silver with it. So you you know it's a good deal all around um, as they're set up. And because Sprott runs it, um, you know we don't know of any crimes that Sprott has committed yet. So that, that puts them light years ahead of J.P. Morgan Chase in terms of trustworthiness. Um, so 
what those guys do is accumulate silver without just um, putting it back into the market. They just keep it and they accumulate more over time as their um, their shares bounce up above NAV. Um, so something like that is a steady drain on the amount of physical silver in the world. And SLV, to the to the extent that they do buy any silver, and I'm sure they do buy a lot of silver. I mean, I think their sheeting will come when they're under stress. And right now, they're just beginning to be stressed by all of this. So let's say they've got, a, you know, they report a huge amount of silver in their vaults, you know, massive compared to the amount of silver that is produced by silver mines every year. Um, so the, um, the supply of silver that's available out there is steadily decreasing as these ETFs accumulate more of it and put it in their vaults. Uh, that leaves less and less for people who want to directly buy physical silver. Uh, so the, the idea was always that there would come a time when there just wasn't enough silver to satisfy investment demand and industrial demand at the same time. Uh, so it looks like we might be getting there. That's that's what's interesting about this year and about the SLV announcement and about the Reddit short squeeze attempt. And you know those are all signs that um, a time is coming in which somebody, um, instead of just saying, well, there might be a shortage somewhere out there in the future, they have to admit there's a shortage in the here and now. Yeah. And that's a very big deal. You know, prices spike when that happens. So, um, you know, get ready, stackers. This might be the year. That's a huge deal. And, you know, I hate to sound like we're just the quoting zero hedge all the time. But when you want like real financial info, they're not always right. I've caught them in many errors of and their advertisers supported. So you have to be careful when you read it. You need to read that site critically. But when you find these little gems, like like the silver squeeze hits uh, London, the LBMA, because that's where all the SLV is kept. And then when you see the one that exposing the Robinhood scam, here's how much Citadel paid to buy your orders. Because Citadel has effectively become a market maker. They're a high-frequency fraud trader. And they're a market maker, so they could just send all your order flow to to uh, to Citadel, and then Citadel front runs you. That's their business model. And as the article in Zero Head said, uh, they've never were prepared for this degree of success. In quotes, so their back office is in horrid shape. And then DTCC, DTCC, that's Depository Trust uh, Corporation. They're the ones that are responsible for figuring out who owns what, what shares. And they had demanded more collateral because it sounds to me like what happened here, John, and correct me if you have a different interpretation, is that Robinhood lost track of the orders and who owned what because their infrastructure couldn't handle it. And therefore, ETC, CC, demanded more collateral. And that was almost the... Uh, the straw, the collateral straw that broke the camel's back. Well, you know, if you wanted to um, alienate an entire generation, you couldn't have done a better job of it than with Robin Hood here, because, you know, all these millennials um, and my son is one of them. So I know this firsthand. Um, they came into the whole Robin Hood trading thing from the gaming world and they didn't know how corrupt the U.S. financial system was. They thought they were dealing with basically honest operators. And, you know, Robin Hood, I mean, the name Robin Hood implies yeah. taking from the rich and giving to the poor. It's the democratization and the decentralization of finance. It's all about the little guy. That's what it looked like. So your kids and, don't uh, read your your 
your website, John. It's quite obvious. And my oh, no. But they have no idea, you know, they just don't want to know until they have to know. Well, it's, which is the nature of life, right? You really don't want to know painful truths until it's necessary for you to deal with them in some way. Uh, but um, then what happened was, um, it turned out, and see, these guys are just so shocked and so betrayed by this, because it turns out that Robin Hood was basically a front for the most criminal um, operation on Wall Street, which is the high frequency traders. So um, because Robin Hood is free, free stock trading, you know, you don't have to pay anything to do it. Uh, people trade a lot. And it generates a huge amount of information that flows into Citadel, um, who then front runs all those orders and, you know, makes a tiny profit on each order and a huge profit in the aggregate by doing something that really is a crime. I mean, front running is a crime, but somehow these high frequency traders, which are clearly front running orders, um, bought themselves an exemption. So they basically financed um, a sufficient number of congressional campaigns to get themselves exempted from rules governing front running. You know, Carrie, if you're a stockbroker and I put in a big order with you, you're not allowed to go buy that stock first and then sell it to me for an eighth of a point more. That's a that's a crime. Front running licenses and gone to jail for this. And yet, uh, <laughs> yeah, cool when Citadel does it. But look, you and I both talked about this years ago when Robin Hood came up. I guess a year or two, we talked about the fact it was just a giant front running operation because brokerages, in theory, stock market brokers are in business to make money. So if they give their service away, how do you think they're going to make money? But the millennials being the non-critical thinking generation that they were until recently just couldn't figure that out, John. You and I knew it instantly that there was pay for order flow, pay for data. Basically, Robinhood became the Facebook of online stockbrokers. Don't just survive, thrive. The Financial Survival Network. Today's show is brought to you by GR Silver Mining, ticker symbol TSX, GRSL, OTC, GRSLF, and their website at grsilvermining.com. The company is extremely well capitalized, currently has a resource of 40 million ounces of silver, and is looking to triple that number in just the next year alone. Its management team is first rate, headed up by Marcio Fonseca, a geologist with vast experience in mining operations and the financial sector as well. With all this going forward, for it. And with silver trading over $25 the ounce, there's no telling how high GR Silver Mining will go. So go to grsilvermining.com to stay up to date on the latest developments and get on their notification list today. This is the Financial Survival Network, the information you need to thrive now more than ever. Well, you know, and I think this did the world a favor in a lot of important ways because, you know, you need to be taught to be cynical in life. And you, you just hope with your kids that their painful lessons are just painful and not permanently damaging. And so what Robin Hood has been for most people, most of the Robin Hood traders has been, you know, a painful lesson in um, cynicism, in the fact that you have to look at the ulterior motives of people who are giving you free stuff. 
And it wasn't super painful for a lot of them. A lot of them actually made some money in the process. You know, they didn't get all wiped out or anything. A few of the guys who just held GameStop from 350 down to 50 made or, or lost some money. But you know what? They uh, they deserve to learn learn that lesson one way or another. But a lot of the rest of these guys are still making some money, but they're just a lot more aware of the nature of the world now. So this is great for the millennials because, um, you know, otherwise they were going to be the snowflake generation that they were just going to be intolerable for their, their entire adult lives unless somebody taught them to pay attention and to um, to not believe everything you see on MSNBC or Fox. And and uh, and this did that. You know, these guys are suddenly extremely cynical. They don't trust anybody now. And that's going to make it a lot easier to run an honest political campaign uh, when you're up against, you know, the, the political hacks that are out there now. You know, it'll, it'll make people a lot more um, open to the next Ron Paul, say, who comes along, who has a you know, history of telling the truth. It's documented. Um, and you'll be able to tell him apart or the millennials will be able to tell him apart from the hacks that are up there beside him on the debate stage and stuff like that. So I think this is a good thing. And I think later on when these guys are playing with hundreds of thousands of dollars instead of, you know, hundreds of dollars, they're going to be a lot more cautious with their money. So overall, you know, it, it's it's good that it happened. But God, you know, how stupid are we as a society that we let stuff like well, this happen? That answer your question. That's a that's a rhetorical yeah. question, John. Yeah, okay. it is rhetorical. So, so we're looking at uh, Amazon uh, workers are going to unionize because enlightened liberals, and particularly uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, just doesn't really treat his workers very well. And the response will be to fire all those workers or get rid of them over time and replace them with robots. But in the interim, it'll be a short-term Pyrrhic victory for labor if it passes. Well, um, you know, what's astounding right now is the guys who are making billions and billions of dollars by squeezing the wages of their workers, like Walmart and like Amazon, um, don't understand where that leads. Because, you know, uh, one warehouse uh, unionizing is not a big deal in the scheme of things, but when everybody unionizes and, and then doesn't trust the company anymore because they know how they were mistreated before they unionized, um, that makes life a lot harder for the guys who want to squeeze the wages of their workers. And, and you know, it's politically a lot harder to just ship everything overseas anymore. So they're actually in a position where they might, a lot of big companies might actually have to start paying reasonable wages to people. As, as crazy as that sounds in this world. Yeah, but uh, it might finally happen. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because, look, Trump actually fought for workers and I'm not... Mm -hmm endorsing his presidency, but, you know, shipping jobs off to Mexico, off to China, China, all those places. Here we are. Biden is just stone cold silent on any of the outsourcing, anything else. But really, you know, if they want to really humiliate these companies who are screwing their workers, they should open up food stamp application centers in these stores for their workers because half of them are on food stamps. Well, Carrie, Carrie, that, that's part of the introductory package at Walmart. <laughs> they show you how to sign up for welfare when you go to work for Walmart. That is, yeah. that is beyond, beyond. Because, because you're going to qualify for welfare on Walmart's wages. So they know ahead of time that you're going to qualify for welfare. So they just show you how to do it. So basically taxpayers support 
the profit margins of these companies. And see what's happening now is you've got um, all the, you know, all the um, the more or less minimum wage workers out there are already super cynical. And now we've got the Reddit traders. So the whole generation of millennials has turned super cynical. So, you know, things are going to get way tougher for the guys who have been scamming for the aristocracy going forward. Um, aristocracy. Yeah. And and it's going to get way easier for um, um, populist politicians to sell their ideas going forward because there's going to be a very, you know, fertile ground for them uh, of people who are willing to hear the argument that, yeah, there's a handful of people who are ripping everybody else off. We will get what is yours back for you. That's basically the the populist message. That was Bernie Sanders's message, and that was Donald Trump's message. It never works. And it works. It sells. Oh, it sells, but it doesn't really work in actually accomplishing anything. Perhaps. No. Well, I mean, it, populism is just a it's a point of view. It's not a set of coherent policies. So, you know, there might be a few policies within that umbrella that do work, but most of them don't because most of them are are socialist or some other kind of authoritarian deal as a means to get back what, you know, anyhow. So it, it won't work, but it will get a lot of politicians elected. That's and then. Yeah. And then we'll have chaos because, you know, if you've got left wing populists and right wing populists out there wielding power, they're not going to mesh very well. <laughs> so it's going to um, be a mess politically. <laughs> situation for Trump 2024, because you see the way this is heading. It's going to be bad. Hey, got to talk about this person, Kathy Woods. She's got quite a media presence, attractive lady. I don't know, uh, really. I agree with what she says or not, but she's got this ARC fund and they got too much cash and they could send some to us. You know, we're open to more sponsors. So, Kathy, if you're listening uh, and you have no place to put the money, we're more than happy to spread the word for you. Financialsurvivalnetwork.com, KL at KerryLutz.com. And just go over to dollarcollapse.com and hit the contact uh, tab and we will take your cash. Don't worry about it. So, Gary, do we have time to talk about? Um, yeah, let's talk about Sorry. Okay, because th this is a crucial thing to understand because it's important on a, on a broader scale um, in explaining the bubble that we're in right now. See, when financial bubbles happen, one of the things that you see is money managers who roll the dice on the bubble asset basically just bet the farm on that one thing going up and it soars because it's a bubble in that thing. And they make insane amounts of money and are hailed as geniuses and they become household names. And everybody who, um, you know, everybody who hears about them wants to bask in their reflected glory and, and everything. And, you know, you see that in every bubble. They, they were around in the, the dot-com bubble and they were around in the housing bubble. And now um, the ARC fund, is the archetypical version of that this time around. Kathy Wood basically, uh, you know, it's the ARC Innovation ETF that, that is the big thing out there now. And her innovation was to basically buy huge amounts of Tesla stock just before it ran up. It went up a thousand percent after they bought it. And so they made a ton of money. Um, and now, because they're the best performing Hedge or um, ETF out there, money is just pouring in. Uh, so what they're going to do now is roll the dice on an even bigger scale with all of that money. Now, in every bubble, when the bubble bursts, the um, you know the iconic bubble asset asset managers 
tend to get blown up along with all the things they were speculating on and they kind of disappear. They, they go they go back into obscurity or completely out of the financial world. And the fact that uh, that now we've got the ARC fund playing that role means that we're close to the end again. You know, that's yet another sign that we're near the top when guys like this bubble up. Uh, you know, there, there's a video of an interview for her where the, the interviewer is just fawning over her. I saw and, it. And, yeah, okay. And, and Kathy Wood never mentions the macro environment, never mentions valuation, never mentions interest rates while she's buying these, uh, these high-tech um, you know, technologically innovative companies with, uh, you know, stock prices that are 10 or 20 or 30 times sales uh, where they might in, in a lot of cases aren't even generating earnings like Tesla does not make money from producing cars. All their profits come from um, from government subsidies. So they are an unprofitable car maker that is right now more valuable than the next 10 car makers combined. That's, that includes Toyota, Ford, GM, Volkswagen um, and Six more no. big car companies. No, they're, they're, not car company. they're not a car yeah, they're company. They're a tech they're company. A tech company. <laughs> so you can forgive them any transgression. Yeah. And that's, but, that's such a great point. Yeah. But anyhow, Tesla is just one example of, of a lot of companies that are out there where, uh, because they have a great story, um, they're very richly valued. And that works as long as there's huge amounts of new money flowing. And as soon as the, um, the subsidy spigot, turns off or interest rates go up or any number of other things happen to pop the bubble, then all of those things go back down to their uh, intrinsic value, which is about 10% of today's value in a lot of cases. You know, in, uh, in 2000, when the, uh, when the tech bubble burst, there, there was a thing called the 90% club, which was tech stocks that went down by 90% from their 1999 high. And they were still good companies. You know, they were basically good companies that were fairly valued at the bottom of that cycle. So uh, that's coming again. And oh, by the way, when I saw that video that we talked about with the ARC fund, I went right out and shorted them. You can short those kinds of ETFs. So I am now short, uh, besides the S&P 500 and, and uh, the NASDAQ, Tesla and the ARC fund. So I'm, I'm putting it out there. We'll see how it goes. But uh, that was irresistible. I, I couldn't resist shorting her when I saw that. I got to confess, I've uh taking a small position in VIX uh, calls because so, mm -hmm. uh, complacency is just raining. And ever people think uh, things can't get any better, they're generally right and they generally get a lot worse. And I saw that exact same thing happen in 99-2000. Well, hey, we could talk about uh, cannabis and uh, mushrooms and cryptos, everything is uh, taken off, but I think we covered enough. Just one other thing, Energy Trader, officially we've hit the HS moments. Oh yeah, um, so we're seeing uh, turmoil in the energy market now, all of a sudden, where remember oil was just this kind of placid market that didn't do anything for the last few years and people kind of forgot about it. Well, oil is starting to spike um, in Texas. They had some rough weather and the, uh, the grid went down. You know, big chunks of the grid um, just went offline and, and people are in the dark in, in winter weather there. Um, so all of a sudden, oh, and, and natural gas prices just spike. The chart for natural gas is insane right now. It's like this little, you know, it's it's this and then a straight up line that's five times as high as the, uh, the previous level. Um, so energy is suddenly getting really erratic, which uh, does this start? You know, it's a we're, we're like in a. Um, 
in a combination of the 1990s and the 1970s right now, where you've got tech stocks going through the roof like in the 1990s, but you've got energy turmoil bubbling up like in the 1970s and interest rates starting to rise. So, um, which means the everything bubble, because it includes lots of different things, um, could see turmoil in energy in, in the sense that energy spikes and that causes uh, inflation. At the same time, tech stocks plunge, um, which is very deflationary, but um, which will cause turmoil of its own. And then who knows what the bond market does then? So um, not to say that that's guaranteed going forward in the short run, but when it gets started, it will look a lot like right uh, right now with turmoil in in energy and commodities at the same time stocks are spiking at the same time interest rates are going up at the same time everybody's losing faith in government yeah. so you put all that together and you get chaos and and we are at the beginning of each of those trends right now i remember i said that the rally in base metals to me was the beginning of commodity price inflation we also see that with copper 2.2 percent was a uh, Less was produced last year in 2020 than the year before. That's like the first decline in a decade. And uh, copper is the key to our green future. And if copper spikes and goes up to eight, ten dollars a pound from demand as well as from inflationary pressures, you can only imagine what everything else is going to do. Because remember, there's a reason copper is called Dr. Copper. I think we'll leave it at that. Just remember, we don't need no stinking silver, but you do need to go over to dollarcollapse.com, sign up for John's newsletter, go over to financialsurvivalnetwork.com, sign up for ours. And uh, John, we will pick up next week. See you, Carrie. Thanks for listening to Carrie Lutz's Financial Survival Network, your solution to today's trying times. For the latest, go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.